Welcome to the podcast M&A War Stories. You're joined by your hosts, Robert Heaton and Toby Tester. Each week, we walk through M&A projects where we've been involved in the course of our careers, unpacking the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our purpose in doing this is to leave you, the listener, with valuable lessons and experiences that you can use in your own M&A projects. So without wasting any more time, let's get this podcast underway. Hey Toby, how are you? Yeah, good. I think I was talking to you last uh, time and I was suffering from a bit of flu and I have to be honest, after I spoke to you, you got far worse. <laughs> well, flu turned out to be worse than COVID, let's put it that way. So I got well, slammed. I blame my, my son for it. He introduced it to the house. That actually supports my hypothesis about flu. Oh, yes. And I'm sure there's thousands of people that might listen to his podcast will agree with me. Mm. What, what you got was man flu. Right, and, and don't forget, it's ten times more powerful than female flu. Right. <laughs> I assume you. I assume you recovered now. You better. Yeah. So I'm just actually looking at the science. Now, is man flu really a thing? It's always worse for men. Is it, men just <laughs> like to exaggerate and make a, make a drama out of it? Of course. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Oh, oh, big declaration. I got the flu and then to be treated yeah. appropriately. Yeah, yeah. I, anyway. I just as a little aside, <laughs> I've often said to my wife when I've been ill, yeah, that I need a little bell that I can ring when I want something. And my wife says that's a great idea, and she's got a few ideas of where she can put it. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> Last week we were off talking about pirates of buried treasure <laughs> and, and using them as metaphors about the, the pirates that exist in the M&A world and so on and so forth. Yeah. They're great ways of sort of communicating complex ideas yeah. and, and looking at problems in different ways. It's a bit like telling a story, in, in a, mm. as we've said before. I, I think one of the things that we started to talk about last week, and this brings us back down to the basics again, is, well, well, hang on, we've been talking about this thing called M&A and the deals that happen and so on and so forth, but what about the tools? We started talking about AI. Yeah. And in that conversation that we both had, we sort of went, well, hey, hang on a minute, but what's in use now? What tools are actually people using what, right now? What, yeah. Or have been using? So. Yeah, so what's your thoughts? I, I think it's a great, I, I, to be honest, Rob, I think it's a great opportunity because we've actually never discussed this before. No. Uh, I don't know how many podcasts we've done now. We've just done a couple of hundred for the God's sake. And I don't think once we've actually talked about what tools you actually use in the M&A process. Well, here's an opportunity. And I think it's a good segue, Rob, to because we want to get on to talk about artificial intelligence. But before we, we get there... Let's talk about the tools that are currently in use now and how good are they? Where are the problems? And I've, I've experienced problems using them. And use that as a segue to start talking about artificial intelligence and what that will bring and to what extent that's going to be a game changer yep. to the M&A process. Yep. Yep. I agree. And I'll, I'll, start, I'll start. No, Rob... Look, we, we've got to sort of get our collective experience going here because we've got about, I don't know, what is it, 50 years or a bit more than that now between us in terms uh, yeah, of experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting on there. We've got to, we're sporting right, the great hairs here. We probably worked on, I don't know, maybe well over 100 transactions between us. And in that time, I've had the fortune and sometimes, dare I say, misfortune to use some of these tools. And yeah, so you've used a few. And so I think, look, broadly speaking, when we talk about tools, 
there are tools used for certain things. So you got the data room tools that we're familiar with. So uh, VDRs, and we we certainly use those. There there are tools we use around project management. I've used a few project management tools explicitly for the purpose of managing an M and A deal. I've used tools that help do due diligence, and I've used those. And pipeline management tools, I've used them only once or twice, but I have. And then the other tools that I personally use is like sort of what I call collectively is various collaboration tools. And then there's one tool, the rule of all, and uh, that goes by the name of Excel. True, true, true. <laughs> and, and in fact, if you look at the current marketplace, the software that's available, I mean, I'm not going to go through it any, all of yeah. them. I'll just call a few of them out. You've got Midaxo, Deal Room. There's one called Dynamo that I think I've not used it before, but I've heard about it. You've had it. I've used one which is called MA Accelerator, which is an IBM product. And, yep. and Rob, those tools you're talking about, like Midaxo, Deal Room, Devonsoft, Mergerware, another one I use, MA those, those are tools that kind of like deal with the whole shooting match. The whole idea is you use this tool and that helps manage the entire MA process. So anything from deal initiation, looking for targets, going through negotiation, settlement, closing, and then on to through to integration. And they, they these tools are like cover the whole spectrum. True, but quite honestly, I'm going to probably earn a lot of enemies by saying this, mm. but from my point of view, the software that's available or that's in the M&A marketplace at the moment, mm. and I'm going to divide it up into two sorts. Mm. There's proprietary software and that is the, the stuff that you can go out and buy or get a subscription to, like like Jira, Dynamo, and yeah, so well, on, right? Yeah. And then, you know. and then there's a whole lot of in-house built software that you might find with people like KPMG and Pricewaterhouse and some of the big private equity partners have got their own in-house type solution. Yeah, they're, they're quite simple, though. I, I think I know what you mean, Rob, but I've used those as well, but they're usually fairly elemental. Well, well, and that's the point I'm going to make, is that the mm. stuff that's available in the marketplace right now, mm. quite honestly, is Excel on steroids, with a, with a few bolt-ons and some fancy graphics up front. Mm. It's mm. not exactly sophisticated software. Well, yeah, the challenge I've found, Rob, and I've used a couple. One was, it's actually a Hewlett-Packard tool. And I used another one, which is M&A Accelerator from IBM. And I used that one a number of years ago. They, I found them to be hard work. Um, and I think I was fighting the tool rather than the process. And so yep. the, the challenge I had is that I said, well, I know what I want to do in the business sense or commercial sense, and I need to do these things. But I've been told that the tool is the way to go. And I think, okay, fair enough. But I found myself having to work the tool to do what I need to do. Yeah, and so it starts driving it, it, you, not the other way around. It starts driving me. And to be honest, I found yeah. it actually diminishing what I was doing. It was actually taking me backwards. And I thought this was hard work. Now, admittedly, I'm going back nearly 10 years now on these tools. And I'm sure that a couple of these tools, which I haven't used, I haven't used Medaxo of late. I, and I haven't used DealRoom. I, I know Mergerware. I've, I've been given a presentation on Mergerware. I look, I, I'm sure they're good tools, but yeah, they're not for me. Let's put it that way. I, they're not 
they're not tools that ordinarily I would warm to. And I have my own reasons for those. But there are tools that actually have had that generally are good, though, Rob. I mean, there are definitely tools I've used in the M&A process, which I have been, I've found quite beneficial. I'm happy to go into those. Well, let me just give you a perspective from my experience in yeah. the software industry. Yeah. And again, I'll just apologize for a minute about yeah. saying these tools are more no more than Excel on steroids with a few bolt-ons. Yeah. They are in a sense, but let's have a look at the reason why they exist mm. in the marketplace. Mm. In a typical M&A deal, particularly some of the larger mid-market and upper-market mm. deals, right? you're going to have lots of different players all needing to be part of the process and all wanting to share the same sort of data, particularly through the due diligence process, mm. Mm. Um, in different ways. Mm. So in that sense, what these tools do offer mm. is a single point of truth, enter one, use many type mm. process. So if Toby Tester is uh, a person working on this m and deal, his details, his email address, his phone number, his role in the thing, and what elements of the process he's got access to only needs to be said at once. Mm. And then everybody else has got visibility of that. Are you, are you talking about any particular tool there, Rob? No, generally. Across the board. They've all got their little tweaks and nuances that sort of say we're better yeah. than that one. But in reality, when you look at them in general, they all do the same thing. It's just the same as MRP systems. They all do the same thing. They've just got mm. strengths and weaknesses in various areas. Mm. Mm. So as a tool in its own right, I still maintain that it's fairly primitive, these these tools. It's, it's, let's put it this well, way. It's a spreadsheet, a database. Well, a I don't know. Well, yeah. Look, maybe I would, I'd look, let's look at this a bit differently. I, I think we both agreed that we haven't come across a really good tool that literally covers the whole shooting match of M&A. And whilst there are tools that try to do that, I, I think I, I, the problem I see is that I see M&A as a broad executive discipline. It's corporate finance. It's legal. It's org change. It's project management. It's sales, marketing, multiple disciplines. And so I think in some respects it's almost unreasonable to expect a tool to somehow cover the entire spectrum of M&A and do it well. I mean, if you really think about it, to try and do that programmatically is quite a pretty darn hard. Well, but when it comes to very specific tasks, if you have very specific things you want to do, there are some great tools in the market. And so, for example, I don't think you would deny the value the data room tool has to offer. No. So no. I've used the likes of Intralinks. I've used um, Ansarada. I've used multiple of them. And I, you, you could not complete due diligence without one of these tools. Go on and say, in, mm. in my view, is that those tools and we'll, we'll call them tools as a collective for the whole group of software that's out there, are essentially planning and control tools. Are you talking about tools when it comes to data room or, 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 I'm, or I'm, broader? I'm talking the whole broader spectrum, as okay. you mentioned before, data okay. rooms, project management tools, DD tools. Yeah, although pro project management tools do a different thing to a data room. I mean, the data room is really just simply an archival system and they're yeah, just sort but of... Well, that's like, what I mean. Yeah. So when you look at... When you look at Software like Deal Room, for example, or Medaxo, mm. 
they've taken those sub elements of data rooms, Excel. They've got data room elements, absolutely. And it's all it's all molded into one. Yeah, and also they've got project management. They've also got pipeline management right. in, in there as well. And so, so what does it allow you to do? It allows you to set the deal flow up, the process. Yep. Yep. Right? It allows you to manage sensitive data in a secure environment mm. and put controls on who can see mm. it and who can't mm. see it. Mm. And it allows you to do some project management that sort of says, here's the P&L, I need an analysis back by next Thursday, and there's yep. an event that sets that up. <coughs> yep. So all that planning and control and hmm. process management is handled by these tools in various ways yep. ways or the other. Hmm. And what, what the, the, the Medaxos, Deal Rooms, Mergerware, all those guys have done is they've basically just brought all of those functions together into one yeah, yeah, system yeah, yeah, tool. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Now, the piece that I have a problem with is, and it's probably a segue into where we go next, is that those tools will allow you to plan and control. They've got absolutely zero decision-making or predictive analysis in them that isn't driven by a human being. Yeah, I know that's right. They're, they're tools and tools only, and they're not they're not decision making. There's no decision making yeah. element in any of that sort of thing. And no, exactly. I think back to KPMG yeah. as an example, and this is just a recent example because I've been working mm. with them. Mm. They've got their own in-house tool that they use, mm. and they've got various Excel type models that they've built mm. that do predictive outcomes. Mm. But it's a it's a warm human body that actually takes the financial P&Ls, yeah. downloads yeah. them into this tool and this, mm. this um, mm. model, mm. and it spits out a whole load of stuff that then gets interpreted by another human being yeah. as, as to what that means for the overall deal. Yeah, I know where you're going with this one, and obviously yes, uh, it's a segue onto um, a future podcast, which would be on artificial intelligence, because I yeah. think what we're saying here is that I think that <laughs> M&A has tools, there are tools, they're useful in, in some cases, but there are distinct limitations. And I think it's largely due to the fact because m and is more of a broad executive dis discipline that to a certain extent defies the programmatic approach to solutions. Unless, of course, you get decision-making, in which case then start, things start becoming really useful. Exactly. That's yeah, where yeah, I, that's I agree. Where and, and if I can just, I'm sorry to go back to the beginning on this, but mm -hmm. if you think at the beginning when people used to use an Excel spreadsheet and a Microsoft database and another program for process control, mm. you, you actually ended up with data being duplicated in three or four different places. Mm. Mm. And then people started sharing files via email. Well, God, that, that's chaos. In yeah, itself, right? that's bad. So, so pulling all of these functions together into a single tool so that you only enter data once mm. And that tool plans and manages the process through the M&A deal is, is a good thing. But that's 1980s, 1990s type software mentality. And we haven't really advanced much more than that in the current period. So if you go back to some of those software programs we just talked about, I'm not going to name them because we'll end up marketing on their behalf but if they'd have sort of sat there and gone right now the next thing we're going to do is we're going to build in some decision making criteria or some 
It's interesting you mentioned that, uh, Rob, because I once was reviewing a product, an M&A tool, and I yeah. said, to be honest, for these tools to be really useful, you need to get decision-making into it. Yeah. And he yeah. acknowledged that, but he said, well, look, I haven't got the budget to develop the software. But this is talking about five years ago, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, things are changing as we, we speak, Rob. And so, and again, if you think back to this, this is probably a good way of defining it. People like you and I in an M&A transaction will hardly ever use these tools hands-on. Actually, I'll take one exception there, actually, Job. Well, let me, just let, before, let me, you let carry me finish. On, and then I'll, because I'll, because okay. my experience is it's the minions that set this tool up. It's the minions that put all the information into it. You and I, as program directors in an M&A deal might access the tool to look at certain data mm. but we don't use it in anger it's it we what we get is the output from it but that's not been my experience rob no no but you, I, I, well but what you were saying earlier was that you found that the tool was driving you rather than the other way around no that's uh just to be just be clear here that was the broader tools. I have to be careful here to say these are the tools which actually drive the entire process, the right. entire spectrum. When it comes to tools that do a very specific job, like data room or project management, then there are some seriously good tools in the market. I agree. I agree. I say, for example, I think Jira for managing issues is brilliant. Monday is very good. So is Basecamp. Smartsheet is seriously, seriously good in, um, for doing dashboards and for, for tracking key metrics. But I go back to my point earlier, unless those individual products talk to each other in an integrated fashion, you are going to end up with the same data in two or three different places. Not because necessarily. They're, because they're standalone products in their own right. Unless you've got some element of data sharing so that the data well, what, exists what data only once. What data are you talking about, Rob, for example? Well, say something the, sub, the name of the deal. Let's call it Project Sapphire. Yeah. Right. So Project Sapphire is going to exist in your database that you've got that you yeah. use for, for events and tracking. Yeah. Project Sapphire's got to exist in your data room. Sorry, you've got okay. to set it up as, a, as the Project Sapphire data room, right? And if you've got an Excel spreadsheet that's doing some financial analysis, it's got to have Project Sapphire set up in... So you've already set that up three times in three different places. Okay, yet, so yeah, so what you're saying is that the information is getting sort of replicated. Although I hate, I, I generally would say though, when you're going post deal, you you tend to not look too much at what was the data from because that was the information at a given time, and of course the data you now have once you've acquired a business, the data you have is yeah. is basically you're dealing with live data, real information. So the data room is really a point in time type information. Oh, so of course it is. It's useful. It's, it's a library. So it may, yeah, it may not be so great when it's when as post deal yeah no it's, it, uh, agreed and and i think the thing is what you and i can both summarize we're, we're sort of coming at it from different experiences different yeah. views yeah but essentially the tools that are available in today's marketplace hmm. I, i'm going to try and summarize it yeah in today's marketplace the tools fall into two categories proprietary tool sets that are out there hmm. from 
the companies we've talked about, uh, where yeah. you can buy the all singing, all dancing tool set. Hmm. And then there's a whole set of tool sets that are available that have been built by specific organizations, the KPMG tool set. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's the, that's the tools that exist. All of those tools in general allow you to plan, manage, and control the M&A process about who does what to who, when, mm. and why. Mm. Right? And it allows you to then keep everything in a, a nice steady flow all, all the way through the process to final close. And, and you can track and manage all of the events and micro events that happen in that whole end-to-end process what the current tools don't do and this is the segue into Mm. we want to talk about is they do not give you any real element of decision making criteria or advanced analysis that isn't initiated by a human being putting in the parameters of what they want to see as an outcome sure Right, so we're at this break point now where I think, and this is only my personal view, that with the emergence of AI, we are about to take the same sort of leap in M&A tools as the Chinese did from going from abacus to computers. Well, I think, yeah, look, and that's going to be, uh, I agree, Rob, because we've already done some research on that. The, there's a lot of exciting developments coming up that's going to significantly improve the M&A process. And I, I agree with you. Look, there are tools at the moment. There, there are some tools like budget management tools, certainly data room tools. They're quite useful. They'll do a job for you. And I will, I will certainly use them if they're there. I personally haven't come across a tool that really does the entire M&A process very well. And uh, I'll generally no. try to avoid them if I can. And I would say that for all of those companies out there that have developed and are selling M&A tool sets, if they aren't seriously looking at AI as the next step of development in their offering, they're just going to disappear. They'll just... Well, I think people who have been here are probably living in the cave at the moment because I can't switch on the TV or the radio or anything these days without hearing something about artificial intelligence. So There's going to be a massive leap in technology and its application, not only just in M&A, but across society general and across business. Well, let's put it this way. My wife's talking to me about AI, so that says an awful lot about it because normally she won't talk to me about any of that kind of stuff. Well... My wife works for the medical regulator in Australia, and this has been a hot topic on their board agendas because uh, you can imagine the impacts of AI on on medical diagnosis. And and they're sitting down going, well, do we allow it? And how do we handle it? And how do we regulate it? And what's our governance structure? I I got a uh, proposition to make to you, Rob. Let's go take on. a leap into the world of artificial intelligence. <laughs> Let's take that oh, leap. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go into it. And in relation to M&A, true, true to the name of our podcast. And let's get ourselves fully immersed, get ourselves on the same page, what AI actually is, what it isn't. And let's see how big a game changer really is. I know it's going to be a game changer, but let's just get the feeling for it. And I think we're going to spend quite a few podcasts on this. I, I think so. And I would say that, Uh, I'm not the only one coming at this from a point of inquisitive ignorance at the moment. I'm keen to see where this... I call ourselves intelligent lay people. 
yeah, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. I think yeah. that's the case. And but it's sort of a good trigger to sort of sit down and go, okay. Well, as a layperson, I want to find out more about this. How is it going to affect M and A? What are the benefits that it might deliver? Mm, indeed, um, there's, a, there's a lot to unpack here, Rob. Uh, not kidding. I, I agree with you. I think there's a, a, a series of podcasts that we could do on this topic alone, and they can all follow each other in terms of building up a story. So why don't we kick off next week with yep. that as a topic and try and define or put some parameters around what AI actually is, at least to start with. And if any of our listeners out there have got anything to offer in terms of what they think artificial intelligence is, particularly within the framework of M&A, flick us a note on LinkedIn, send us an email. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And other than that, I think it's been a Another good podcast, Toby. We, we've got to be no. serious. We've got to be serious today on this. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Uh, which, <laughs> yeah, we is, which, is, which is good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, we'll we'll both go away and sort of do some reading on this wonderful topic called artificial intelligence. I'm I'm reading, watching, listening to everything, Rob. I'm sucking it in, like drinking like a fire. What is the water from a fire hydrant at the moment? The only problem I've got is when I start the podcast next week... How will I know it's the real Toby Tester I'm talking to and not an artificially intelligent <laughs> generated? Oh, I think you'll know that one. I don't think they're that far advanced there, Rob, with all due respect to AI. But that's one of the things we've got to get into. How, what is AI and how intelligent is it really? There you go. All right, uh, mate. Okay, we shall, we shall talk next week. It's been a pleasure as always, Toby. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's simply my, my duty to say bye for now. And bye for myself as well. 